0: We've already rolled dice. We are at this result. How can you enhance or take away from this result?
1: Computer, enhance. (laughs) Right? Dice, enhance. (laughs) Please.
0: All characters, businesses, and events in this podcast are entirely fictional. Any resemblance to real persons or entities is entirely coincidental.
1: Mysteries and Madness involves Lovecraftian horror and as such can contain scenes of violence and gore some may not find to their tastes.
0: We've been known to drop the odd filthy fucking F-bomb.
1: Can't say we didn't warn you.
0: In a parallel 1940s where supernatural terrors are real, a lone private investigator named Jack Shepard takes cases that lead to dark ends. This is Mysteries and Madness, a collaboratively created two-player fiction using the gumshoe one-to-one role-playing system. I'm Dave Colmine, the director of our game, I know who's done it, and I portray the locations and characters in our
1: story. And I'm Todd Sullivan. I play Jack Shepherd, the aforementioned private investigator, former journalist, uh, now digging into the dark underbelly of the Lovecraftian horrors all around us.
0: This is Mysteries and Madness, The Case Files of Jack Shepherd, Case 2, The Nurse, and The Explosives, Chapter 2.
1: Baron here, previously on Mysteries and Madness. Uh, Well, in the interim I I, uh, did pursue another case. I had to run. Sort of twisted my ankle a little bit.
0: Gained the problem. Injured.
1: Fucked up my ankle.
0: You've noticed in the last week that the building next to you um, that building has sold and now has uh, brown paper up in the windows and there's a coming soon to something called Spirits. Jack, Margaret, Deacon, Colin. I purchased the land where Roy's garage was. Our entire cache of dynamite is missing. The missing demo expert is Thomas. Thomas Thengen. Uncovering what has happened to our demo expert and these explosives before the end of the weekend. Oh, also, our nurse, Ella, didn't show up to work. Ella
1: Hurst. Was he recommended by someone in particular, or...?
0: Like a certain amount of labor and materials are supplied through dealings with LA's organized protection. It's just how business is done. This project was being completed in cooperation with Bugsy Siegel's connections. And you arrive at Thomas Fingen's house. It's a small single story house with a detached single car garage. You found a single large piece of paper that is a proper blueprint. For something, the bottom left hand corner where that information usually is, it's all blacked out. Mm. There is a stamp on the drawings for the county of Los Angeles.
1: Well, I'm going to roll it up and take it with me.
0: Yeah, you need to create
1: a believable uh, environment For your poop writing to exist in
0: Yes, well, it's definitely The one log's jammed (laughs) off to the side (laughs) In the bowl Just then, a shadow passes by the kitchen window Uh, Just past the kitchen window It would turn the corner around To the back side of Thomas's place Reaching his back door Within seconds
1: What do you do? I'm going to sneak out the front door
0: You are now outside the front door
1: Yep What do you do? Okay, I'm going to knock on the door All the noise
0: inside the hose stops, but you can hear and feel the weight of someone approach the front door. Yeah. And then a pause.
1: I can hear you in there. And then the door swings
2: open. Jack fucking Shepard, just the man I'm looking for. And with that, you have a fighting
0: challenge called a score to settle against Mickey Cohen. I thought we were buddies. <laughs> Didn't we drink Drinking Buddies? With an advance of six.
1: All right, here we go. I got to find out what the fuck happened between me and Mickey, because I got a one.
0: Oh, a total lack of Foley, by the way. I want to hear the dice rolls against the table.
1: Does that mean I get to re-roll? <laughs>
0: no, you still get a
1: one. Okay, well, I'll roll it again for good Foley, and I still yeah. get a one. okay. I got a one again anyway. (laughs) Did you really? I did, yeah. Ah, Perfect. Ah, That's freaking hilarious.
0: So it's a new adventure, Jack. You are back to having four pushes again. You can spend a push in various ways to help yourself through this quest, through this case. You can take on additional problems to add dice to rolls. You currently have a snake eye on a fighting challenge (laughs) against Mickey Cohen. Going what? Going
1: twice? Go, 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 go. So I am I am gonna take a problem. Um because I'm I'm fucked here no matter what, right? I'm either getting a setback, because there's no way a one is not a setback. So I think I'm gonna take the, an additional the problem. Only, the only problem with that though is if I get a really like if I roll another one, it seems possible that two could still be a setback, in which point I get a setback and a problem, correct? Which is not ideal. No. So, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna risk it. I've chosen the bloody dice, hoping that that will help me more for a combat roll.
0: Those that, those dice were purchased with intent for
1: combat. Yeah. So here we go. Five. That gets me a six.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. I don't know what to do with for a problem for you now.
1: Um. Injured 2.0, <laughs> Okay. as I dodge or punch or whatever it is I do to get out of this fight, I damage my ankle more, and I now have an additional minus one.
0: Okay. Perfect. That is your problem.
1: So I'll take this and just change the minus one to a minus two. Correct. I'm glad I changed dice.
0: Mm-hmm. All fighting, should- this is your issue, is that sleuthing is done with the black and white confidential dice. And combat is done with the red and white. I should try that. Combat dice. I mean, there's canonical dice for canonical reasons here. Well, yeah, they were for a different game, though, weren't they? Or? I purchased these for this game. Okay. I ordered them out of the United Kingdom, I believe.
1: For some reason I thought these were for... Um, I want to find out where they came from now. I want to props them. The other one, the Shadows of Brimstone. No, I bought custom dice for that as well. <laughs> Do like the custom If
0: I can just pour my limited financial resources into nerd products, I will. With that roll of five, you gain the advance of six against Mickey Cohen, the physically imposing (laughs) bruiser who works for Budsy Siegel.
1: And let me just be clear. Like, this is the guy I was doing shots with, right? Like, my memory's not mistaken here. No. You,
0: last time you saw this guy, you and him got laced up together on
1: Zawiski. That's what I thought. I just, I'm not great with names, so I wanted to make sure I wasn't confusing it with someone else.
0: You are not. Okay. Mickey Cohen stomps towards you. His body winds up behind a right-hand haymaker. You shift your weight onto your back heel. Like slow motion, you shift away from Mickey's swing and catch him with an uppercut to the gut. Just as quick, Mickey kicks out his right leg, catching you in an awkward sweep as you both crash to the ground with you on your back. Mickey scrambles at you, surprisingly quick for being so stocky, catching you with a half-power punch to the chin. You scramble to your feet and create a little distance between you and a panting Mickey Cohen. Your move, Jack Shepard.
1: Yeah, um, I want to do a reassurance push. Okay. Pass over your first
0: push. Yes. Okay, our player, Todd Sullivan, has spent his first of four pushes, leaving him three for the remainder of this adventure, unless he gains one.
1: Yep. And you use this to... I want to try to reassure him. I want to be like, hey, I thought we were good. We had drinks. It was a nice night. What's going on? Can we be friends? I'd rather you didn't punch me. Let's have a drink instead.
0: Mickey Panting looks at you.
1: Slippery, just like the rat that you are, eh, Jack. I don't know what you're talking about. Who, who did I rat? What happened?
2: You know where I come from. We handle things in house. Didn't know you was a
1: dirty snitch. What are you talking about, Mickey?
2: Yeah, Roy was my buddy, yo. You, that man ended up in jail and I'm dead. That's
1: all on you, Jack. Roy shouldn't have tried to kill me.
2: That's why I say we handle it in house. He should end up in an unmarked grave like the rest of us will. None of this police involvement. That's not
1: the way. That's fair. That's fair. I will call you next time. (sighs) The hell are you doing here? I'm looking for Thomas. Uh, He's gone missing from a work site. Tell me something. I don't know. Do, Do you know where he's gone?
2: Yeah, not a clue. I've been asked to be here by Bud... Do you say Bud? That's Bud Barron.
1: Okay,
0: right, right. Who've you heard has taken over running the Allegria Casino. Yes, indeed. He's moved up in the world a little bit in the last week since Whitey Alexander went missing.
1: And Bud Barron is the, he's working for Bugsy.
0: Bud Barron works for Bugsy. Right. The, The hierarchy goes Mickey Cohen. Above that, Bud Barron. Budgie Above Siegel. that, at the top of it all, Bugsy Siegel, right. who pulled the strings behind, uh, taking getting over Thomas. the
1: Allegria. Yeah, but also getting Thomas hired.
0: Bud Barron handles the day-to-day. Bud Barron handles the worker unions.
1: Okay, 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 okay. Excellent. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking into Thomas. Um Margaret Deacon is the one who is running the construction out at the out at Roy's place and she's worried about him disappearing and the dynamite disappearing, and I'm looking into it for her.
2: Man, I can't turn around without having some deacon broad messing in my business. I tell <laughs> you, these deacon women. Tough batch of broads. Oh,
1: I hear you. We should get a drink.
2: I'm not about to share a drink with you, Jack. Oh. But I ain't gonna whoop your ass either.
1: All right, I thank you. Well, if you change your
2: mind... So you find anything of use in that Thomas's house? I'm looking for that no good son of a bitch too. We need that TNT back. It looks bad
1: on the whole Union. I mean, Someone going AWOL like this. Well, I'm doing what I can to find it. I did find this. I'll show him the blueprint. That's a lot of fancy shapes and shit, Jack. I thought you might. Thought it might mean something to you. There's a there's something interesting to find in the bathroom as well. If you want to go check that out,
2: judging by the smell, I got half
1: an idea what I'm going <laughs> to find. You leave that behind for me, Jack. I didn't leave anything behind. That was there when I got here. Have
2: you been in the garage yet? No. Let's go check out that garage. Let's do that. You two approach the garage together. Uh,
0: you start getting out your locksmith tools mickey just kind of looks in both directions and kind of just leans with his shoulder a little and the whole <laughs> door just kind of pops
2: <laughs> yeah that's the tools i
0: require you guys head into the garage the garage is empty it smells like a, a vehicle you know there's an oil slick in the center where the vehicle probably sat and dripped a little crankcase oil nothing a particular note with the exception of on the workbench The workbench has some electrical job waste. There's insulation ends from electrical wire, some short lengths of fuse-ish looking stuff. Um, Could be the refuse from some bomb making Hard to say one way or another. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, just looks like everybody's garage. You know, jerry can, nuts and bolts and... Couple of coffee cans of old screws and nuts and
2: stuff.
1: Well, I'll ask Mickey if any of the debris looks like it would have come from the dynamite.
2: You ask me a science question. This is funny shit. I'm the guy who just broke that door open. You, uh, well, I you, you might... over evaluated my, uh, my strengths here.
1: I, I haven't laid eyes on the dynamite that was out of the job site, and I thought maybe you had. Hey, I did not. I just saw that Chris guy. I was just out there, actually. Um,. I want to ask Mickey if he if he knows much about Thomas.
2: First I heard of this twerp was this morning. I get the call from Bud. I just get told where to go, who to talk to. Chris led me here. He's always been good with our organization. It's in all of our best interests. We nip this up now.
1: Doing what I can.
2: This is the papers. Could be bad for both sides.
1: Uh, anything else of note in the garage?
0: Nothing else. Otherwise... Looks like a garage.
1: Yeah. And is there any place around the property that I haven't poked my nose into yet?
0: Nothing else. There's no backyard shed. There's no fence around the yard. You've been through the house. As far as you can tell, this place is clean.
1: Okay. Uh, I want to go to the Alegria and see a Bud Barrett.
0: You arrive back at the Alegria Casino. There's no physical evidence of the explosion that happened here a mere two weeks ago, although you do sort of glance at the spot where that car blew up and you leapt so um, awkwardly. Awkwardly yeah, within sight of, uh, you know, some LA movers and shakers. That's right.
1: I hope they're not here tonight.
0: You head into the casino and Notice no real difference? You're aware that Bud Barron's running it now over Whitey. No difference in clientele. The security's a little more relaxed than the last time you were in here.
1: That's probably because there's not an active takeover in process.
0: (laughs) Yeah, probably head out onto the casino floor take a seat at the bar and turn your gaze towards the hallway at the back of the room heading into the back where you know whitey's office was which would now be bud's office standing near that hallway entrance is a man that you do recognize it is the same man you met outside a.m hillier's publishing company who was at one point in the time perhaps one of the bombers at this exact casino, who's now working as security at the entrance to the hallway back to Bud Barron's office. What a funny world we live in. It
1: is. (laughs) What do you do? I'll approach and say hello.
0: You approach this gentleman at the entrance to the back offices Mm -hmm. and he gives you a knowing nod. Like he recognizes you and is waiting to hear what you have to say.
1: Good evening. Uh, I don't suppose there's any chance I could get in to see Bud Baron, is there? He puts a hand out, kind of a stop,
0: and then uh, all his fingers drop except one, and he's got like the one minute thing. And uh, with his arm out in front of you, he turns around and he walks back towards the offices. You got a couple minutes to wait to see if Bud Barron comes back or if you can go see him. Right. Which gives us a challenge. This is a cool challenge avoid the tables little call back to our first story arc with an advance of 7
1: so i can't i can't actually accomplish 7 but i can at least hopefully get a hold right what's it called you, need, you get it, like the best result an advance an advance right advance, advance hold and setback setback okay
0: so you have a challenge, a cool challenge called avoid the tables with an advance of seven.
1: Right. And I'm using a black die because this is not in combat. All right, this is a non-combat so die we'll roll. we'll see if this concept works. <laughs> I got a four.
0: Not bad. We holding on to that or are we going to do anything about it? No, I'm sticking with it. Four is a hold. Okay. You play a couple of hands, but don't get in deep. Yeah! Yeah! That's right. That sounds like
1: what I do anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You get a tap on the shoulder. The security guard has found you at the table where you're playing. Come this way. I'll follow. And you follow... Heading back down a familiar hallway yeah, at this yeah, point, no kidding. you were there a mere two weeks this, ago. This whole
1: process, like waiting to see, going through the security guard, walking down this hallway, is like it's it's eerily familiar and yet also completely different because it the, is the players are different. As
0: there's been a changing of the guard, yeah, and you are led into what is now Bud Baron's office. You look above his desk, and where there was a stuffed boar sitting there. This big head of a boar, it's now been spray painted and the tusks are purple. And there's a few streaks of color and spray paint across this boar. Okay,
1: that's fun. That's, reaching that's fun. the
0: walls around it. So yeah. it was spray painted in place. Sure. Just a little F you to the previous establishment, <laughs> I'm thinking. Hey, Jack, I thought I told you we wouldn't see each other again.
1: Yeah, and I can't say uh, visiting you again was high on my list of things to do. Unfortunately, I have found myself in a position where I think we have some similar interests, and I'm hoping maybe you can help me out a little bit. I'm trying to track down Thomas Thenjin, uh, who's gone missing, as I'm sure you've heard, Margaret Deakin has asked me to look into his disappearance. I've heard from Mickey Cohen that you guys are concerned about getting that dynamite back uh, and that's what I'm trying to accomplish as well so I'm hoping we can, you know, maybe pat each other's backs a little bit here and help each other out
0: You watch as for the briefs of moments he has the slightest of wince across his face before the million dollar smile returns Well, you know, as they say, two heads are better than one
1: All right. Uh, What can you tell me about Thomas Thenjin? Honestly, at this point, Jack, I would ask you the same question. What can you tell me? Well, I just mean about his personality, his character. Uh, I understand that you sort of recommended him to Chris Pickler. Um, What do you know about him as a person?
0: Yeah, Thomas was part of our organization hires. A good hire at that. Reliable. Did good work. He'd started out using those explosive skills for less legitimate targets, and we've now used him into the construction field with great success nice you got to diversify Jack it's all about diversification it you know and certainly is we handle the labor we handle the union and we try to handle the supply all about trying to make those greenbacks you know so I can cover all the payouts from this generous casino spread the word
1: yeah totally um I'll show him the blueprints and ask him if those look familiar to him at all
0: well I recognize those as drawings from something but what exactly I could not tell you.
1: You've not seen these before.
0: First, I've seen them.
1: I found them. Does this Tom- have to do with the case? It might. I found them in Thomas's kitchen. I appreciate the disclosure.
0: Something funny going on here, Jack. We need to find this Thomas character before he blows shit up and any managing bodies end up in the news.
1: I understand. Hmm. Well. I will thank him for his time.
0: No problem, Jack. Bud pulls his hand from his pocket and flicks a poker chip in your direction with his thumb. Give me an athletics quick test to see if you catch this chip out of the air with a nine advance.
1: Okay. And I have a minus two on athletics because of my... With a nine is two to your ankle. Fockered up ankle. All right. And I have to get a nine?
0: You roll them one at a time. One at a time. Not that it really matters. You're right.
1: You're right. But it does. It does. So the first roll is a two.
0: Making that nine a little difficult.
1: Yeah, making this a zero now.
0: Sure, add your other roll to it, just for flavor text.
1: Well, I have to, right? That's what I'm doing, right? Yes. Four.
0: So a four total. Yeah. Um, you snatch the chip with your hand, but it kind of bounces against your palm, and then hits the floor, and you lean down and pick the chip up off the floor. Okay. Uh.
1: Bud kind of g- Man, there's something about this place that just makes me look not cool
0: <laughs> Bud gives you the look he would give someone who's really uh, uncool Yeah And goes, a little something for the tables, Jack And with that, you leave his office yep. Escorted by the same gentleman yep. who still doesn't recognize you From your first case
1: I'm going to go uh, I'm going to drink a whiskey or two And play a little bit of poker uh, And then I'm going to go home
0: Give me a cool, quick test. Quick tests are only pass and fail. So give me a cool, quick test to see how you did in the poker with a pass of five. One. All right. You did not do well at the poker tables. I did tables. not do well at the poker tables. Uh, you lost far more than you gained. You went home in the hole, in the red. Mm-hmm. Um You are no longer broke after our last game.
1: Yes, and I hope I'm not broke after visiting the casino.
0: And you're still not broke. Excellent. But you just, if there was like a physical accumulation of like broke tokens, you just threw one in that hat.
1: Gotcha. For sure. For sure.
0: So, you arrive back at your home, which is also your PI office, to see that the store to the right hand side of your office's entrance is now open. The paper is off the windows, and the white lighting, the stark cold white lighting from inside the store, is is now lighting its shelves. And those shelves are covered in alcohol. Turns out Spirits was a liquor store. That makes sense. Does it? (laughs) I'm sure Jack Shepard doesn't mind. Yeah, no. You're back around to the street side entrance of your loft with this liquor store open and bright, shiny new liquor store open to the right hand side.
1: I'll go and uh, I'll, uh, I'll find myself a nice affordable bottle of whiskey.
0: Okay. You step through the front door. The bell clings over the front door. Behind the counter stands a fit older guy. White hair hangs past his shoulders, like, with a white mustache and goatee, both trimmed and maintained. Thin-rimmed gold glasses frame strikingly gray-blue eyes that sparkle a little when he smiles. And he smiles Saint often. St. Nick! <laughs> hey, man, welcome to my store, he says.
1: My well, thank you, sir. I'm, uh, I'm looking for a nice but affordable bottle of whiskey.
0: Man, I got exactly what you need. Head over to the far aisle. All right. Bottom shelf, back side. And there you find a larger assortment of whiskeys than you've seen in the average store in quite a while. Interesting. Uh, three options are all within your ultra budget price range. One of which you pick up. Okay. Yep. And take back to the counter. Absolutely. That'll be $275.
1: All right, I'll pay him. He takes your money.
0: So how's your night going,
1: man? I lost a little bit at the poker table, so it could be better.
0: Ah, rough deal, yo. You feel a bit of a shove against you and look down to see this very thick, muscular, large uh, orange tabby cat pushing against your leg and kind of snaking around your leg. The, the man behind the counter says, oh, that's Ned, man. He's a cool cat, man.
1: Are you new in town?
0: Yeah, man, actually I am. I am pretty new to town. Glad to be here, dude. Where are you from? Father away, you know, I've been traveling around. I've seen some things, seen the world. Now I think I'm gonna make L.A. home for a while,
1: you dig? Is this your first time running a store like this?
0: First time selling booze for money? Nah, man. First store in L.A.? Yeah, man.
1: All right. Well, uh, I imagine I'll see you around. I'm just next door.
0: Ah, I like it. And I like you. You come back now. What was your name?
1: Jack. uh, Jack Shepard.
0: Oh, Jack. Like the name next door.
1: Yeah, that's, that's me. I just mentioned I live next door.
0: Oh, cool, man. Cool. Well, you take you take care of Jack.
1: Enjoy your night. I'll take my whiskey, I'll head home.
0: All right. Well, that brings us to a fun new game mechanic. Right. So I have something called the Table of Unforeseen Consequences. The idea is that every that Jack loves the booze. Every day Jack drinks. I had not noticed this. Uh, so in many days I've created some game mechanics around both being confident and bummed and gaining whiskey tokens. None of which happen today. Whiskey tokens are going to play against your roll, but at the end of every single day Jack rolls two dice. Right. At the end of every single day Jack rolls two dice, and that decides how he spends his evening how much booze he drinks whether or not he got home safe what his dreams were like and what his next day is going to be like and that I am calling the table of unforeseen consequences and today there are no pluses or minuses being added to this roll okay Jack roll me 2d6 and let's see how this table does
1: and should I roll them individually or simultaneously? This
0: is the only simultaneous roll that exists in Cthulhu Confidential.
1: Right. And will you tell me what I get? Magic. Or do I have to wait until the next episode to find out?
0: I was thinking we should wait till the next episode. Oh, you fucker. I like it. I like the idea that you roll this now and you find out how that plays tomorrow.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I have a Four.
0: Okay, so we write down a four for tomorrow. The idea being, in this way, we can have serious ramifications for the drinking, which did get missed a few times during our first story arc. And by a few times, I mean the entire way through.
1: Well the ramifications were there. I had the appropriate cards in front of me, but it was like it was a, a negative where it was the the GM's call and the GM never made the call yeah so, it, so we're gonna yeah.
0: remove some of it f- control from the GM and put it in these uh, criteria to ensure that it happens so Jack has rolled a four and tomorrow morning he finds out what sort of consequences that will have. Eventually, after a couple of glasses of the new whiskey purchased from Spirit's liquors right next to you, you fall into a dreamless sleep. All of a sudden, you're back in that black space within your mind. You feel the back of your neck, goose flesh and the thought that you've been here before, and that it's not a safe place and that you're not alone you feel a looming presence and through the darkness you begin once again to see this undulating mass of scaleless snake tails flicking and moving amongst each other larger than a human these big undulating wormy somethings and then you feel the shove against your leg and look down and see the same ginger cat that you just saw at that liquor store rub up against your leg and you feel a little less scared and there's something else there with you the big orange tabby saunters like only a cat can towards this menacing dark tentacle mass just at the edge of your sight and walks up and begins Purring and rubbing the edge of this tentacle wall.
1: What do you do? Um. I'll follow the cats. You
0: walk towards this tentacle wall. Give me a stability challenge with an advance of six. Okay. Called Through the Veil. How many dice does Jack have for stability?
1: I have two. With an
0: advance of six. Four. For the first die. Five. Plus five, making nine total? Yes. Passing the advance of six. You approach the undulating mass with confidence and reach an arm in. The sensation is wild the alien smoothness of the writhing limbs. And weirder than that, you feel your hand is somewhere else, still attached to you, but experiencing different air, warmer with a breeze. Then you step through. The smell fills your nostrils. You're inside a barn. A cow moves from his stall shaking his head the bell around his neck clangs a few times a chicken flutters away from you towards the far corner deja vu you notice a trail of blood following a path like something was dragged across the hay-strewn dirt floor towards the door you hear the frantic bleeding of a distressed sheep from the farmyard the barn doors are pushed outwards just far enough to glimpse the silhouette of a man backlit in firelight dagger raised over his head before he thrusts the blade downwards and the bleeding stops Yahoo! Well, there we go. There's another episode in the can. Thanks for listening. It's so awesome that you're here listening to this. I love putting it together. What a great waste of a weekend. (laughs) It takes me a weekend, but it's so fun to put together. Huge props to Todd Sullivan, a.k.a. Jack Shepard, for sleuthing his way through what is now original content. So stoked. So exciting. I uh, could you guys do something for me just could you su- like subscribe rate share this put comments in whatever comment section exists just help this thing because algorithms and computers and stuff they care about that crap uh and so if we could do it then it'll spread further if that's something you want to help me with I'd really appreciate it um If you want to talk to us, uh, reach out to us at coalminesclubhost at gmail.com. Use that email address. That email address, as well as anything else in this blurb, is in the description of the episode, uh, just right below there somewhere. Another way to help us out is subscribing to our Patreon page. It's a Coal Mines Club Host Patreon page. It will lead to things, well, like right now, I mean, <laughs> the cost of the Foley site subscriptions alone is putting me in the red. But I, I love doing this. This is a lot of fun. Where would I like to go with it one day? You ever watch Joe Rogan's show? He uses the Shure SM7B microphones. I'd like them with the Cloud Lifter. It's like a Game Boost box that makes them sound. Anyway, they're a dope microphone, really good at uh, back background uh, noise elimination they'd be sweet it's about 700 canadian per mic setup so you uh, need some serious patreon subscribers before that's gonna happen huh uh but uh, so that's where i would take this whole thing so that's it i hope you have an amazing day and thank you for letting our weird podcast be a part of it now here's some outtakes and whatnots and doodads all right cheers the average price of the fifth of brown booze was three sixty in the ad. We're talking Canadian Lord Calvert or Seagram Seven here. There was nothing recognizable as bourbon. Two three sixty. It's around three bucks. Yeah. That'll be two seventy five. Your move.
1: Well, first thing I'm going to say is I cannot wait to hear the foley that's going to go along with that. That's going to be killer, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, bud. Oh, fuck yeah, bud.
0: Yeah, no sweat, bro. I need one, too. Do you mind grabbing a PBR? I do
1: not mind at all. Kobe. I saw uh...
0: that slam, but there was a trail, like a trail of beer through the air <laughs> as, I, as I sent it. It's your fucking life, man. You don't have to pursue the case. You'd be like, well, I just let a smoking jack off for 12 hours. I'm like, all right. It's interesting you should say that. Well, this is wonderful. This is cool because right now we're going to test this whole thing out right now cuz we're about to fucking go all off book. Let's do one improv scene. Let's see where improv gets us.
1: How far off book are we? 100% now. I
0: have no I have nothing written for this. There's I no mean
1: thing. technically off book actually means that like the information shush, is memorized shush. and
0: <laughs> I can make up my own words. I'm the GM. Okay, that's right. So I went to the dice shop You can buy any dice you want. And I this is a six sided dice game. So I got some D sixes that are white with little red splotches all over them. Mm-hmm. Like they're all bloody. So those are for combat. And then I got some black ones with these real typewriter esque font white numbers on them for just kind of rolling like investigations and stuff. So I have these like thematic dice for the different things that Jack Shepherd might do, which I got from the dice shop online.com. Very cool. Yeah, which is just a great site that has a lot of dice options. So cool. I'm making no dollars to talk about this. I am just a nerd uh celebrating the nerdy things that exist in a modern world.
1: Yeah. Tell me the flavor profile of this whiskey. What notes am I getting?
0: Mm, mm. Uh, a surprising amount of smoke and oak mm. for a shitty old whiskey. Fair you're, enough. You're very happy with the quality of it. It was a brand you hadn't seen before, which is why you grabbed it. Just try something new and um, very happy with this smoky, oaky old whiskey. Nice. Okay. To be named later,
1: yeah, by a Patreon user if Smoky they want to spend okey. a little money. There
0: Fuck yeah. Smokey Oki whiskey.
1: Smokey Oki. <laughs> That's not what it's called. <laughs> and Oki
0: is like O K I E. <laughs> Smokey Oki. It's about like some character named Oki from a black and white television show mm. from uh, maybe Canada.
1: In 1945.
0: Yeah, it's about a Canadian television show uh, starring a guy named Okie that was never seen in L.A., but the whiskey made it down there.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's super cheap, and it's
0: smoky, Oki whiskey. And he fought kind of... firefighters. Yeah, there's a... Like... Fire...
1: Forest fires. He, he fought, fought forest, forest fires. fires. Yeah, and he had a And king. then he'd and get, get had drunk at night and then he'd actually fight forest fires. <laughs> firefighters. Jesus, fuck, I keep getting... This backwards. Anyway, smoky, okie. The great
0: Canadian hero. Smokey Oki and his friend, uh, the beaver. He had a beaver buddy. Smokey
1: Oki and the beaver. Yeah, beaver buddy. I'd watch that.
0: Smokey Oki and beaver buddy? Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm watching that hardcore Canadian animated yeah.
1: show.
0: It's not an. It would be animated. Yes, we're talking about a 1940s animated television show called Smokey Oakey Smokey
1: Oki and the beaver.
0: And the beaver. And uh, there's Smokey Oki whiskey all the way down in LA. And it's uh, both Smokey and Okie And, Oakey.
1: and
2: Oakey. Yeah.